Hello and welcome to Family Renewal. I'm Israel Wayne, your host. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as we take a look at faith, family, and culture, all through the lenses of a biblical worldview. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of the Family Renewal Podcast. I'm Israel, and I'm with my wife, Brooke. Hello. And we want to talk to you today about the topic of mentoring. This is an important topic that we think is something that's relevant for us as adults, but also something that we want to be thinking about as we are training our children. Uh, Certainly, we are providing mentoring and discipling relationships for them as parents, But we also want to provide them eventually with other mentors in their life that help them to be able to develop their spiritual growth and to be able to uh, mature as Christians. And so let's talk about this. I'm going to share with you a passage of Scripture from Titus chapter 2. The Apostle Paul is talking here and he tells Titus that uh, there's a certain rule for uh, the church and that is that the younger people in the church are supposed to be mentored by and taught by those who are older. This is the general rule. So let's go to Titus chapter 2, and let's look at verse 1. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith in love and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. And so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be kind, self-controlled, pure, working at home, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. So there's this model here of older men teaching younger men, and older women teaching younger women. Now, it speaks specifically about the kinds of things that the older women are told to uh, teach the younger women. It's not saying so much that they're supposed to teach them theology proper. Uh, We actually see in 1 Corinthians 11 that it it says, if you have a question about theology, the general rule is uh, wives should ask their husbands at home But there are certain things that the older women teach. And so it says um, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands. Now, obviously, these are things that the older women should have as virtues in their own life if they're going to be teaching this to somebody else. But then these are things that they can systematically teach through their own example, but also through instruction to older women. Now, Burke, one of the things that we hear a lot from women is that they say they don't have these mentors, and so we hear young women sometimes bemoaning that fact that they don't have anybody in their life that fits that description. But another thing we hear a lot is from older women who say that the younger women don't want their advice. Right. They don't want their advice and counsel, that they seem to be looking for advice and counsel from their peer groups, from from other young women their own age, and they tend to find these a lot of times through social media. So we want to discuss a bit of that, just... Um, What happens if you don't have a mentor, and then a little bit, what happens if you're an older woman and you don't feel qualified? You know, like, oh, I don't feel like I'm 
perfect or I don't know everything, so I don't want to presume to teach other people. We want to kind of get into that a little bit today. So um, first of all, growing up, um, did you have mentors in your life? And uh, if so, what did that look like? And if not, how did you go about dealing with that? Well, that's an interesting question. And I did not have really any formal mentors when I was growing up. I had my mom and dad, which was a wonderful source of advice and counsel. And I remember my mom setting up some scenarios, you know, of things that she wanted me to learn or um, people with different character traits that she wanted me exposed to. And she'd set up sometimes just an afternoon. I remember on a practical level uh, setting up an afternoon where we went and a lady taught us how to cross stitch or another time where a lady taught us how to make pie crust. So she was always kind of looking for passing on um, skills or things to me. Um, you know, utilizing the skills and wisdom of other people by taking me along or, you know, even just setting it up for me. So that was really helpful. I also had people, you know, I was a very quiet type of person. I wasn't the type to go and just, hey, I'd like to sit and learn at your feet and ask you some questions. I was too shy for that. But I did have one remarkable woman in my life. Um, I'll call her Mrs. Y. And I cleaned her house. She lived down the street from us. And it was my first job, so to speak, at age 13. This woman served just and served and served and served through the local homeless channels, mostly reaching out to women who had just come out of prison on a like a halfway house type of idea. And a lot of things through like um, Christmas angel types of programs. And she brought about just a example to me in the way that I would go to her house, clean her house for four hours straight. And during that time, I would see her either serving other people. She would be counseling them over the phone, having Bible studies, praying with other women. Or she'd be in her own room having some Bible study by herself. Or she'd be down at the mission center where she was trying to reach out. And so that that spoke a lot to me. It was a very quiet sort of mentorship in that respect, but it did speak very big to me in that time. I remember as a young person, you know, age five and on, watching as my mom and the other homeschool moms in our community would get together and they would often say to each other, I mean, where are these older women we're supposed to go to? And they didn't have anybody in their life that was willing to um, be that older woman for them and they really couldn't find anybody. And it's interesting, you know, fast forward in here now, about 30 years, and I'm hearing that same kind of thing, that the young women are saying, where are these mentors we're supposed to have, these Titus II women that we're supposed to have in our lives? And I think there's I think there's an interesting element, like Israel mentioned and touched on, that there are older women out there. Sometimes they are elusive and they're hard to find, and sometimes there's also an issue of we need to we need to have our eyes a little more open to pursuing that and looking at it. I know one of the questions that I often get asked about mentorship is who should initiate a mentoring relationship? Should it be the student or should it be the teacher? And I don't know that the scripture necessarily gives us a hard, fast rule for that. Um, Certainly Jesus went and called his disciples, so he actually went out and found people that he wanted to teach and disciple and mentor. Um, But then also I think there's sometimes situations where it's very appropriate for a younger person to seek out an older person to seek out their wisdom and counsel. Um, Why do you think it is that uh, young people sometimes want the opinions of their peers and they want to 
talk to somebody their own age as opposed to talking to somebody older. What do you think motivates that? Well, I think a lot of it is just an interest in I'm in this season of life and I want to commiserate, so to speak, with others in the same field that I'm in or in the same season I'm in. And, you know, that can be really encouraging, actually. I'm not going to be down on that at all. Uh, sometimes it's really nice to know, okay, there's another mom who's not getting sleep because her toddler has not, you know, not doing well at yet sleeping through the night or their baby's waking up at night or they're struggling because they're just walking into that new era where they have young people who are becoming adults and they're they're trying to learn the ins and outs of how to walk this new season out. So there's a lot of benefit to having friends your own age, so to speak, who are in that same season of life. Yet, the scripture does talk very strongly about how beneficial it is to have the older person's perspective in our lives, to be able to go to them and learn from someone who has walked out already the the part of life that we're in. There's a scripture in, um, I believe it's 1 Kings. Yes, 1 Kings 12. I'm going to start at verse 6. And this is um, where the scripture talks kind of negatively about exclusively, at least exclusively, taking the counsel of our peers, those who are also walking the same path we are right now. So this is what it says. Then King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men who had stood before Solomon, his father, while he was yet alive, saying, How do you advise me to answer this people? And they said to him, If you will be a servant to this people today and serve them and speak good words to them, then, or so when you answer them, then they will be your servants forever. But he abandoned the counsel that the old men gave him and took counsel with the young men who had grown up with him and stood before him. And he said to them, What do you advise that we answer this people who have said to me, Lighten the yoke that your father put on us? And the young men who had grown up with him said to him, Thus shall you speak to this people who said to you, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you lighten it for us. Thus shall you say to them, My little finger is thicker than my father's thighs, and now, whereas my father laid on you a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions." And so the story goes on to talk about how Rehoboam took this counsel from the young folks. And I think to a certain extent, it was what he wanted to hear, and that's why he followed it. And so uh, instead of looking to the older men who had kind of seen a whole, you know, they had stood before Solomon, his father. They had seen the effects that Solomon's rule had had on the people, and they saw the remedy that needed to happen in this new reign. And there's a lot of wisdom when we can look to, say, older parents, older people in our churches, and be able to go to them with wis- for wisdom, asking questions, seeking counsel, because they they see it from a different perspective. They see it from um, a vantage point that you're not in, and the friends your age who are going through the same season are not in. On a flip side, I know sometimes the moms will, um, you know, older moms, they kind of forget what it's like in that season. They kind of forget that, oh, it's really hard to go without sleep when you've got those little toddlers and little babies, or they forget what it's like to teach math to a child who's simply not catching on. And so, uh, you know, there there's a balance there that it doesn't need to be excluding friends your age, where there is a little bit of um, camaraderie in that same season. But it's being willing to not just listen to those who are in that same emotional state as you are, being able to listen and heed from someone who is farther down the road than you are. Proverbs 13.20 tells us that he who walks with wise men will become wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. 
So one of the things we want to do is we want to learn how to walk with wise people. I know for myself, I was blessed to have several mentors, and our mentoring relationship, I would say, was relatively informal, but I had some older men in my life, particularly when I was a teenager and into my young 20s, some men who were sort of older father figures and grandfather figures, and you know, for some of you who know my backstory, um, I didn't have a relationship with my dad growing up in my teen years, and so my dad was not in the picture, and didn't have him as a resource in my life, but there were other men who filled that role to some extent. Um, I have to say there were people who came to me and who tried to impose that in a formal way. Uh, They would sort of come in and say, look, young man, you don't have a father and you need somebody to be your father figure and that's going to be me. Uh, You know, those kind of relationships didn't go anywhere. Um, I would immediately kind of distance myself from a person who came on like that. But the people who just kind of brought me along in their life and invited me along to, um, I remember one guy who uh, drove truck and uh, delivered tires. And he would say, hey, you want to ride along with me when I go deliver tires? And as we rode along, he would just talk and let me talk. And uh, a lot of times I got into deep discussions of things that were really important and that I needed to have somebody to um, bounce ideas off of or to ask questions to. And so just making time uh, and making himself available in that way uh, was what actually helped me. But it wasn't some sort of a formal relationship where every Tuesday we'd get together for an hour from 3 to 4 p.m. and we would have some kind of formal discussion. At least that's not how it worked in my life. But I was blessed to have some older men like that who made themselves available to me time-wise. Uh, we've talked about this in other podcasts, I think, but you know, the two most important aspects of being able to have influence in somebody's life are, number one, time, that you have to spend lots of time with them, and the second is affirmation. You have to be willing to affirm them uh, positively, verbally, uh, because that is what gives us an open door. It gives us access to somebody's life, time and affirmation. So those people did that in my life, and so I was open to them and uh, willing to learn from them and willing to receive from them. But another uh, major influence in my life were books, uh, because sometimes we don't always have a person in our life that we can learn from, but there are authors, and some of these authors I feel like I know. I've read their books so extensively and maybe read biographies on their life that I feel like I know them. I mean, for example, one guy that's had a tremendous and profound influence on my life was Andrew Murray, who was a Scottish missionary to South Africa, uh, part of the Dutch Reformed Church, and he's written dozens of books. And I just admire him as a person. I've enjoyed the biographies I've gotten to read about him and his wife, Emma. Uh, They raised eight children, all eight of whom were either pastors or missionaries or married pastors or missionaries. They were all involved in full-time ministry. A great example of parents, great example of godliness, and his books have just profoundly influenced my life. Um, I kind of feel like I know the guy, and uh, mm-hmm. he's a, he's a guy that you know if he were still alive in South Africa today, I probably would be on an airplane <laughs> flying over there to meet him and sit down and talk with him and Emma and see um, what I could learn from them firsthand. But I've learned from their books. But what about you, Brooke? What, who are some of the authors that had a big influence on your life? Oh, growing up, Corrie Ten Boom. I mean, that woman. Just the surrender that she had over a long time. You know, she she kind of fit. Um, she kind of fought some of it, but the surrender she had to the Lord through the very darkest of times during World War II. 
amazed me. And so I just read her books over and over again growing up. Uh, Elizabeth Elliot, and then later on, Nancy Lee DeMoss, you know, just some of these women who have written these very thought-provoking books, very godly books about what it means to be a woman in God and how to live that out have made a huge difference for me. Another book that um, I've just started reading is by, um, I'm going to forget her name. Her name is Mrs. Blackaby. She's Henry Blackaby's wife, and it's called uh, Experiencing God Around the Kitchen Table. And I mean, the, the whole concept of the book is just helping helping you come into sitting at her table, having a cup of tea with her, being able to share along as she tells her story about how she um, walked through life as a wife and a mom, experiencing God. And I just love books like that, that kind of take you under wing and help you to sort through things, think through things, be able to examine character issues in your own life. So I think that can be really helpful. I, I know sometimes that one of the things that I've heard younger people, and by that I guess I'm meaning, you know, 35 and under, 40 and under, um, when it's hard to go and find a person, you know, we're looking for this wonderful, perfect person whose personality we can relate to, to be our mentor, um, it can be a little daunting. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes in, that we're not seeing this perfect person, at least in our eyes, of what we want in a mentor. And I think sometimes we need to go, wait, I see something, you know, one slice here in this one person's life that I really respect. And I want to find out more about that. And just being able to, you know, maybe not even have a, this formal relationship where you say, I want to be mentored by you for a year or, you know, extensive time. Every week we're going to meet and have this time together. There, There's definitely a place for that. I'm not trying to um, say that that should never happen. But if you can't find the perfect mentor to be in your life or even to set aside that kind of time in your life to meet once a week or something, look for ways that you can ask questions that will help you, um, you know, that you see something or someone has in their life that's a, a skill, a character trait, just some way that they're consistent in their life. Just saying, I see this in your life. I would like to know more about how how you got that in your life. How did you get to be so diligent with, um, you know, your house? You're just keeping your house well. Or how did you get to be so diligent with the way that you portray, I've been in the Word today, I was in the Word yesterday, I was in the Word last week. How have you become so consistent with your Bible time? You know, you might say, I'm really struggling with this. I'm, I've got these little children and I'm struggling to have quiet time every day with the Lord because life just keeps happening how did you get to a place where you were able to carve out that time? What worked for you? And I think we can be really blessed by um, finding some counsel and some advice in a more informal setting like that and just being able to ask good questions. So I want to ask you a question, Israel. Sometimes it can be a little scary also to seek out a mentor for the young people because, well, you know, they're going to go to a person and what if the advice they hear isn't isn't going to fit with them? What if it's something they disagree with? How would a person go about that kind of scenario? Well, obviously, the Scripture is our rule, so we go by what God's Word says. Obviously, if you follow someone's teaching exclusively and you blindly follow them, that's how people get in trouble in life. That's how <laughs> cults are formed, is teaching someone to listen to someone simply because they are your mentor or your leader. So we want to be 
careful that we don't just accept and embrace everything someone says, even if it's from someone that we deeply admire and respect. Um, but we also want to just be very careful that we sort out and look for the right kind of people. So I guess that maybe segues into what do you look for in a mentor? I would say you want to find someone who has longevity in their mm-hmm. relationship with God. You want to find somebody who has walked with Christ for a long period of time. And you also want to find someone who really walks in holiness and who is obedient to Christ. And you probably don't want to find somebody who is kind of perpetually just living in a state of sin and defeat. Uh, Those are not the kinds of people you want to seek out as a mentor. Uh, Again, older. Um, We, in our culture, I think, don't esteem age, but Scripture does. There's a lot that's said about wisdom and uh, counsel from gray hairs. And so... Those are things I think that we want to look for. Uh, And then someone who directs us to the Scripture. You know, if somebody's always directing you to them for your direction Mm, and counsel, that's negative. You don't want somebody who says, well, if you have a question, come ask me and I'll tell you what to do. Um, That's not the goal. You know, I think... Uh, a godly mentor will say, well, what does the scripture say about that? And have Maybe you studied, push you a little bit. Yeah, have you studied that out? And I'd encourage you to do a study on that. Come back to me. We'll talk about it. And, and they might challenge you, and they might uh, you know, be an iron sharpening iron and question some of your assumptions or your understanding of scripture, um, but they're always going to point you back to scripture. I think that's something that's very important. Mm, that's good. And also, just reading again from Titus 2, it says that the older men the older mentors, are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. And then it goes on to say what they're supposed to teach the younger women. And I think that can be really helpful just to go back to those pinpoints in Scripture and say, okay, this is the type of person I'm supposed to be looking for. One of the things that I think is very needful to stay away from, though, is a person who will have um will kind of carry an attitude for you like let's say you're wanting to go for counsel and advice or wisdom about a relational issue and you go and you're trying to talk and if it's like they just kind of incite you yeah those people were really rude to you anyways and just kind of inciting you a um angst or a you know help develop a chip on their shoulder help you relate to everything in an emotional way instead of a way of wisdom or a biblical way that's somebody to stay clear of as a mentor so Israel, i want to ask you uh you touched in the beginning talking about finding mentors for our children first of all why would anybody do that why would you want to look for mentors for your children shouldn't the parents be all sufficient well i think that when our children are young i think we have more legitimacy and that claim to self-sufficiency or all-sufficiency as the case may be. Um, Obviously, we want to point our children to Scripture, but when they're young, we really do want to be the dominant force of influence in our children's lives. But when they get older, I think two things. Number one, they need to hear things sometimes from somebody else. Um, They need to hear the same kinds of messages that we would say coming from somebody who is not us. But to me, this is something that's very age-specific in that when our children become teenagers in particular, and I'm thinking mostly older teens, we want to try to find people who will reinforce the values that we have, that will say the same kinds of things. And sometimes they say it differently. You know, they may have heard us say something over and over and over, and yet somebody else comes along and says the same thing, maybe a different way, 
And God uses other people in our children's lives. So we need to remember that we are not intended to be everything for our children. I think we are intended to be more that when they're little, but as they get older, um, we want to be able to open up to other people. One example that comes to my mind is Franklin Graham. Franklin Graham was the son of the evangelist Billy Graham, and so we all know that Franklin Graham grew up hearing the gospel. But he was actually led to Christ through a man named Bob Pierce, and Bob Pierce was the founder of World Vision and then later Samaritan's Purse, And it was on a mission trip with Bob Pierce that Franklin Graham was led to Christ, that Bob Pierce was able to have an influence in Franklin's life and lead him to the Lord. So God used someone else in Franklin's life to actually help the message of the gospel that he'd heard probably hundreds of times through his father to to cause that to sink in and to have him see the reality of his own need for the Lord. One other thing that comes to my mind as you're talking about this is that um, sometimes we can then, by helping our children find mentors and recognize who's a good mentor, we're setting them up for later in their life when we may not be there or with the uh, trend towards so many people needing to move for different jobs and different reasons that they're not always living by their parents. We're helping them establish early on in their life while they're still under our wings what it looks like to go to someone for counsel or mentorship. So in my mind, there's kind of a hierarchy of preferences when it comes to this issue of mentorship. Um, One of the most popular ways that people currently seek advice and counsel is social media. They go online and they'll ask a question, say on a forum on Facebook or on their Facebook wall, and they'll say something like, my husband got mad at me last night because um, I didn't wake him up on time when he wanted to get to an appointment, and so he was mad at me. Uh, I feel like he should be able to set his own alarm and get himself up. And I saw something like this the other day, so it just comes to my mind. And, you know, was I wrong or was he wrong? I think he's wrong. He thinks I'm wrong. What do you think? Well, what ends up happening in a situation like that is you'll have about 100 people comment, and they'll all tell you something totally different. Somebody will say, if your husband asks you to wake him up or if he has an expectation of that, you need to do it. Other people say, he's not a child. He's a grown man. He should be able to set his own alarm. You know, I don't know what he's complaining about. You have a terrible husband. And you get these terribly conflicting opinions from people, and almost always it's just opinion, too. Very rarely do you see anyone who actually will take you to Scripture and say, this is what the Scripture says on this issue. Um, but I personally feel like that form of seeking life guidance is perhaps one of the lowest forms of mentoring that you can possibly seek out um, in the hierarchy of things. I would say that on the low end of the ladder would be social media, just throwing an opinion poll out there and having 100 people comment on it and trying to get life direction that way. Um, Certainly, there can be a place for that. Uh, You know, sometimes you ask things that you don't know. Like, for example, um, I have a friend who's having problems with a septic system and he doesn't know anything about it. And so he threw it out and said, hey, I'm having problems with my septic system. Here's what's going on. Does anybody know how to fix this? Well, certainly you're going to get wisdom that way. You still have to sort through the myriad of opinions and people who have a comment, even though they're ignorant on the topic. But you very well may get some solutions that way. But if you're just asking somebody, um, what do you believe on the doctrine of 
election, for example, you're going to get so many different opinions. How do you sort through that? Or, you know, my child is misbehaving. What should I do? You're going to get a hundred different opinions. So my view is that um, the next level up perhaps is blogs. Um, Blogs are more helpful than random opinions uh, in social media because if someone's written an article in a magazine or in a blog, um, they've usually thought through the topic to some extent. They've sat down and they've actually written an argument, a thesis, if you will, on a particular subject. So you're likely to be able to get some good counsel or at least some good perspective from what they've written. Now, they could be totally wrong, but they've at least given some thought to the issue as opposed to social media where somebody will just pop off with anything right off the top of their head having not had any experience with it or any uh, opportunity to sit and think about it. So blogs, I think, are a step up, a tear up from just the social media commentary. But then above blogs uh, would be books. And in a book... Um, If somebody's written a whole book on a topic, whether it's marriage or financial stewardship or communication or parenting or whatever, they've given a lot of thought to the topic. Again, they can still be wrong. I read a lot of books where the people are just off and they have really bad ideas. But usually, even when their ideas are wrong, um, I find that they um, articulate well a perspective. It might be a wrong perspective, but they will at least have uh, presented a fully-orbed argument in the wrong direction, if that makes sense. And so even that can be helpful sometimes. So I find that if you really want to understand a topic, a book is far superior to a blog, and a blog is far superior to uh, a random opinion poll on your Facebook wall. But I think there's another level of mentoring that is deeper than either of those, and, and maybe not as precise as a book, um, maybe in some ways not as helpful as a book, but that is one-on-one relationships. And in particular, I think one of the most underutilized resources at our disposal would be elders in our church. Ideally, if churches are selecting elders based on biblical criteria in First Timothy 3 and Titus 1, If churches actually utilize the criteria listed there, it's a very strict list. And those men are probably amazing, biblically qualified individuals, and they know how to rightly divide the Word of God. Again, they may not be right on everything, but you're very likely to be able to get counsel, particularly if you can approach them um, in in a plurality. You know, if there's more than one, and you can um, talk to them together in a group— you often will get a very balanced perspective. But the thing that's wonderful about real relationships, whether it's an older mentor in your church, your local church, or the elders in your church, is that there's some accountability there. Um, You can just listen to the opinions of your friends on Facebook and turn and walk the other way and do nothing about what they've said or do the opposite of what they've said. But when there's real relationships and there's some accountability there, Sometimes people can see your heart. They can see attitudes that people can't in social media. They they know you more deeply, hopefully, in these kinds of personal one-on-one local relationships. So as an ideal, I feel like that's the goal. I know we don't always have those relationships. I know that can be very difficult to find and to to, uh, develop. But I'm going to say that I think those relationships are extremely important and desirable. 
So I encourage you to seek out those kinds of relationships. And many times they're there, they're available in our churches, our local churches, but we just don't avail ourselves of them. Um, We look on Google and we look on Facebook for advice and counsel, but sometimes we don't go to those older godly people in our church and sit down in real relationship and ask questions that are hard. And part of that is we don't want to be vulnerable and we don't want accountability and we don't want anybody to actually look us in the eyes and say, the fact is you're wrong and your attitude is wrong and you need some humility and you need some repentance. We don't like to hear that, but we need it. We really, really need it. So those are some of our thoughts today on mentoring. We'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on it. Again, feel free to feed back to us. There's several ways you can communicate with us. Um, We have several Facebook pages. Brooke has a personal page on Facebook. Uh, I have uh, a personal page, which is facebook.com forward slash israel.wayne. Also, um, my author page, which is facebook.com forward slash Author. And then we have a ministry page, which is facebook.com forward slash family renewal and i am on twitter at at israel wayne and i'm on most of the other social media sites too we'd love to hear from you that way if you want to sign up for our email newsletter we send one email a month and uh, we'll never sell or rent your name but it's familyrenewal.org forward slash subscribe and that's the best way to keep in touch with us if you want to Uh, Know when we're going to be in your area to do a free parenting seminar, or we do other seminars uh, related to marriage or homeschooling or things like that. Uh, Again, familyrenewal.org, that's our website, and then forward slash subscribe. We would love to have you subscribe to our mailing list. Also, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm an author. I've written a number of books. I really encourage you to check out my books. I've written Homeschooling from a Biblical Worldview, which is being revised right now. Uh, it'll be available, Lord willing, very soon. Uh, the other one is Full-Time Parenting, A Guide to Family-Based Discipleship. We have that in both a print and ebook. We have Questions God Asks, which is a study through the Old Testament based on the questions that God asked different individuals. Questions Jesus Asks, which is a study through the Gospels based on the questions that Jesus asked, which both of those are really fascinating studies, great for personal Bible studies, group Bible studies, or a supplement to family devotions. And then our newest book that we've just written is called Pitching a Fit, Overcoming Angry and Stressed Out Parenting, that's going to be released in February of 2016. Again, if you sign up on our mailing list, we will let you know when that book is available. So again, familyrenewal.org forward slash subscribe, and we will let you know when that is available. So thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We are grateful for you. We appreciate you praying for us and for you keeping in touch with us. And we hope that you will uh, continue to listen to our archived podcasts, as well as the new ones that we will produce in the future. Thank you and God bless.